Stripe time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. One of our last shows back home here in Cleveland before we start to join you from spring training in Goodyear, Arizona. We'll have this week's show and then next week's show and then it's off to spring training and the Indians will begin preparing for the season in earnest starting on Tuesday. Pitchers and catchers report to Goodyear on Tuesday. In all honesty, uh, most of the team is there already. So uh, that's just the official start of workouts. And then the uh, full squad will show up later in the week, and they'll get ready for the first exhibition game. And we'll have it for you right here on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. On February the 22nd, the Indians and the Cincinnati Reds and what has become a traditional opener for both clubs at the ballpark they share in Goodyear. That'll be a 3:05 first pitch. Eastern time from Goodyear, and uh, we'll have it for you right around 3 o'clock with our coverage. Tom Hamilton and myself to bring you all the action of the exhibition opener, and then 15 games throughout the spring will be aired on the Indians Radio Network, including six additional games on Indians.com. So a lot of coverage of spring training baseball on the radio and the web coming your way in the not-too-distant future, so that's a great thing. And our show for you today... It'll be kind of a, a mishmash of leftovers from Tribe Fest. We had such a great time at Tribe Fest last weekend as uh, we ran the show live for you from the downtown Cleveland Convention Center. And uh, some great guests last week, including uh, former Indians Rookie of the Year back in 1980, Super Joe Charbonneau. We were also joined by Aaron Savali. He stopped by for a while and uh, had some interesting things to say about the season to come. Newly acquired Logan Allen visited with us, another a potential member of that starting rotation for the Indians. And we also heard from Sandy Leone, the new backup catcher for the Indians. And speaking of catchers, the Indians uh, added to their spring training roster as they invited catcher Cameron Rupp to Major League Camp, bringing him in on a minor league contract, but that invite to Major League Camp. And you're looking at a, an experienced catcher, and, and you like to have some of that in your camp and perhaps at AAA and, and who knows, to guard against potential injuries. And he has that good major league time. In fact, five years with the Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, along the way, good catch and throw guy and uh, hit 234 with the Phillies in, in very limited action with 39 major league home runs. A season ago, he split time between AAA Las Vegas and uh, AAA Toledo, the Tigers AAA club in Toledo uh, for a portion of of 2019 and now he'll come to camp with the Indians in 2020 so that's kind of a recap of where we've been where are we headed well this week 
Our show will feature interviews with Delino DeShields, newly acquired in the Corey Kluber deal with the Texas Rangers, and he'll talk about some of his thoughts on the trade, the opportunity here with the Indians in the outfield, what will be a very crowded outfield situation in spring training. And we'll also visit with another in that mix, Jake Bowers, who saw heavy playing time at the start of last season and on through the All-Star break before being sent down to the minor leagues at the trade deadline. And uh, then a call-up in September brought him back to the major leagues, but he's vying for a spot on the opening day roster for the Indians. We'll also hear from two members uh, hoping to be of the Cleveland Indians bullpen. Nick Whitgren certainly with a leg up on a spot after an outstanding major league campaign a year ago, his first with the Indians, and then hard-throwing youngster James Karinchek will stop by and we'll talk to him about his impressive major league debut last September and his outlook on spring training in the season to come. So some good stuff coming up for you on this week's edition of Tribe Talk. And we'll get it started with Delino DeShields, Jr., when we come back after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. We could be here a while, folks. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, as we join you from downtown Cleveland for one of the final times before we head out to Goodyear, Arizona, and Tribe Spring Training. Don't forget several ways to tune into our show each week. You can pick us up on the Indians radio network, usually late afternoon on a Saturday, and then it plays at different times during the weekend, uh, depending on where you're tuned in to our show along our Indians radio network. You can also pick up the show at Indians.com, archived editions there, or as a podcast on Apple iTunes and the iHeartRadio app. So a lot of different ways to listen to our show each week, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed last week our live show from uh, the downtown Cleveland Convention Center and Tribe Fest, and most of the roster, most of the 40-man roster was on hand last weekend here in Cleveland, and a lot of those same players have since gone straight to Goodyear to um, get acclimated and and continue their off-season training that will become spring training training in the very near future with pitchers and catchers reporting on Tuesday. One of the new players for the Cleveland Indians is outfielder Delino DeShields Jr. He has come over in a trade from the Texas Rangers back in December. The Indians sending their two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber to Texas and coming back the other way, Delino DeShields Jr. and Emmanuel Classe the hard-throwing right-handed reliever. DeShields has uh, been a a fourth outfielder of sorts for Texas with some regular playing time along the way ever since he broke into the major leagues for the first time back in 2015 with the Rangers. He's also been in the Houston Astros organization after he was drafted back in 2010. His first season in the major leagues, 2015, played in 121 games with Texas, hit 261 that year, and his most productive season in the major leagues in terms of games played and, and some other areas, 2017, when he hit 269 in 120 games with the Rangers, ended up with six home runs, 22 driven in, and 29 stolen bases, and played excellent defense in the outfield. Now, last year he spent some time at AAA, but also 118 games with the Rangers, and he's certainly looking for some regular playing time in the outfield with the Indians. He'll bring that speed dimension to the Tribe. 
He'll also bring good defense, and the key will be, will his bat play in the outfield for the Tribe? Now, for a lot of players, a trade is something that, well, it can be unsettling, maybe not as much for a player like Delino DeShields Jr. As I mentioned, he has already changed organizations once prior to the trade to the Indians, and he's the son of Delino DeShields, a longtime major leaguer, so he grew up around the game, saw his father move to a couple of different ball clubs at varying points in time, so he knows what it's all about, the movement that uh, can be a big part of a major league player's career. So when he found out the news, this was interesting and very important to point out, DeShields is ecstatic to be in Cleveland. He was outstanding over TribeFest weekend, did a clinic out at T3 in Avon uh, for kids on Friday afternoon, and, and just generally made himself available at every turn, uh, whether it be for clinics, for kids, uh, different media outlets, and, and things like that. Uh, he really is, is trying to embrace the Cleveland experience. He was wearing a hat that uh, said along the lines of welcome to the land. So um, that's kind of exciting to, to see how he's trying to embrace things early on. And we talked to him about that uh, throughout the course of our interview. But we started off with his reaction to the trade, and, and certainly he's embracing it now. But uh, it was a little bit different when he first heard the news because he didn't realize that he was one of the players going the other direction from Texas. Um, my initial thoughts were I was really excited that we had acquired Kluber. And then after scrolling through my phone, had a couple missed calls from my agent and the general manager, uh, I, just, I just knew that, you know, I was probably out of there. So <laughs> I went from being on a really high to kind of a low. Um, I'm thankful that it was during the off season, um, so I had a little bit of time to process it. And you know, I talked to my dad. He got traded for Pedro Martinez, so he 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 always told me even before I got traded coming up. Um, you know, when I got drafted, he was like, "Look, I know you think don't think that you're going to be in one place for your whole career. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the game is a business, and you could be traded at any point." So. Um, that was pretty much the one thing that, that we kind of talked about is, you know, being able to, to, to wear a jersey um, and, you know, getting a chance to just go out there and play. That was the, that's the most important thing. And uh, being traded for, you know, obviously somebody sees some kind of value, especially when you trade for a two-time Cy Young winner. So um, it definitely gives me a little bit of motivation. I know Maybe not a lot of people know that much about me, but I, I'm hoping that I get the opportunity to, to play and and uh, really put my mark on uh, on our sport and on this ball club. You're here this weekend, and uh, it's a new team. And, and you mentioned that initially, you know, your reactions are vary from maybe one day to the next. But it seems like you're jumping right in here and trying to get to know as much about Cleveland as you can. Yeah. Um, what's what's helped you this weekend, and and what have you tried to do before you even get to spring training? Well, I wanted to. We, I came out here on Thursday. I wanted to get out here early and, you know, just kind of get a feel for, for the community. And um, yesterday I had a actually a, a, a clinic at T3. And, um, you know, I got to meet some of the kids. One of my old teammates, Ryan Rua, um, he works there. He coaches the, their baseball club. And so that was kind of an, an easy thing to, to, to work out. And, um, yeah, I just – I want to – I wanted a chance just to get comfortable with the city and get to meet 
get me get to meet people here and and um, you know just trying to get my feet my feet wet a little bit and um, I think it's definitely going to help the transition especially when the season comes um, you know just just seeing a different dynamic of the city um, so I'm definitely excited uh, for March 26 when uh, when opening day is is here and um, excited for the season. Terry Francona has that great reputation as a player's manager and uh, in your brief time maybe conversations with him at how has that gone and, and what has it helped you in in terms of being prepared when you get to spring training? Uh, we we haven't had many conversations we talked right after I got traded um, I said hello to him you know a couple times just checking in but uh, I think we'll really get a chance to sit down and talk in spring training um, but, you know, I've heard great things. Mike Napoli is a good friend of mine. Um, he loves Tito, and he had nothing but good things to say. My dad also. So, um, you know, he's got a really good reputation around the league. So I, I think uh, playing for a guy like that, I feel like he's an old-school guy. Uh, he just wants you to show up and, you know, give your best effort. And um, that's what I plan on doing. Some good thoughts there from Delino DeShields who will be a part of that outfield picture for the Indians. It's a crowded outfield picture. A lot of candidates will be heading to spring training, vying for playing time. But by the time it's all said and done, there's some good experience there on the part of DeShields. He's been down this road before trying to make a club with Texas. And um, he's trying to do more than that with the Indians, not only make a club, but uh, be a significant part of that outfield picture for the Tribe. And I think you'll see that uh, transpire throughout the course of spring training. Now, we move from the outfield to the bullpen, and trying to make this club out of spring training is James Karinchak, uh, the young right-hander out of upstate New York who burst on the scene a year ago, really made a nice impression in spring training, had unbelievable numbers at the minor league level for the Indians, and in and around a minor injury that held him back a little bit, uh, he eventually made his major league debut for the Indians in September and appeared in five games, only allowed one run in five and a third innings while striking out eight, walking just one. He's a hard thrower with a tremendous breaking ball, and he's certainly someone to keep an eye on in spring training. He's hoping to make the Indians roster coming out of spring training, and we'll see what transpires in that bullpen. It's not quite as crowded a situation, I don't think, as uh, we're seeing in the outfield for the Indians, but uh, certainly some spots to be won, and he'll need to pitch well. And before we had a chance to talk to James about what's to come this season, we asked him to take a look back at that major league debut in September for the Indians and the memories that he took away from that time in the big leagues for the first time in his pro career. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it was huge. I mean, it's just awesome to, I guess, go going to the offseason, being a big leaguer. I mean, that's everybody's goal, to be a big leaguer going into the offseason. And um, memories for you of, of, of that month in the major leagues, what what stands out to you that, that you'll never forget in terms of maybe of that first appearance or, or even after that? Uh, I mean, knowledge. I mean, just the wisdom that got passed on to me from the older guys. I mean, just picking their brains. and I mean, it's just information that I would never learn if I never met them. When you look at, at what allowed you to break through, I know – um, talking to some different people, you you really were strong at making some adjustments with certain pitches. And explain how that came about, and and why certain things clicked for you that enabled you to really take a nice step forward. I'd say my it was more my control control early on, and my curveball obviously got a lot better. But just being around the zone, being in the zone, 
made guys swing up my pitches out of the zone more instead of being behind two all the time. I was ahead in counts and making pitches when I need to. Uh, you've always been a hard thrower, but but how are you able to rein it in where you, where you have that better command? I mean, I mean, just trusting the stuff. Uh, all the pitching coaches are teaching me, and all the stuff I'm working on in the bullpen is just trusting it. I mean, just trusting it. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier just about your, your off-season routine. I think it's very similar for everybody in that you go to spring training ready to go. Um, you head there with, with an opportunity to make this team, but I, I know you mentioned you, you got to make it. Um, how difficult is that heading into spring training, or is it something that, that you've always looked forward to and look forward to the challenge now? I mean, competition's a huge part of my life, and that's what I live for, so I can't wait to compete. And in terms of uh, anything new, that any new wrinkles, things like that, more of the same and, and see where it takes you? Uh, it's trying to make pitches, get guys out like always. And there it is, James Karinchek, who figures to be a key part of the Indians' bullpen. Pretty direct and to the point in his answers, and uh, that is the way he pitches. He goes right after hitters, and fun to watch, and uh, we'll see if Indians fans get to watch him right out of the chute uh, from opening day onward as a potential key part of that Tribe bullpen. Stay tuned. Much more to come as we continue with Tribe Talk. We'll visit with Jake Bowers, Indians outfielder, and Nick Whitgren, another member of that Tribe bullpen. That's as Tribe Talk continues after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Time to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Napla Joey had his day. Wambi made that triple play. The year the tribe were champions of the game. Gray Eagle soared to the peaks. Smith and Bagby ended the streak. And things were great in 48 when Boudreaux had the reins. Talking baseball. Shoeless Joe and Kovaleski. Cleveland baseball. Trotsky, Dale, Narleski. Averill, Rabbit, Robert, Cullen, Bine. When Bearden took the socks, he gave us pride. I'm talking baseball. Baseball and the tribe. Senor Lopez gave the orders, and from south of the border, Avila came to take the batting crown. Roger Maris, what a pity, gone off to Kansas City. But Rocky was knocking him out all over American League towns. I'm talking baseball, Lemon Wind and Tito, Cleveland baseball, Dobie Calavito. The Indians had Rosen on their side. John Romano and Tiant kicking high. Talking baseball. Baseball and the tribe. Talking Cleveland Indian baseball. Satchel and Sudden Sam. Calavito's four in just one game. Herbie score. What a shame. Barker 27 in a row Come back Joe Charbonneau Well 96 is another year The tribe have got their game in gear Dreaming of the classic in the fall Visitors will quake When Bayerga rocks the Jake 
They're gonna be ready with Tomei and Eddie, so let's play ball. I'm talking baseball. Oral Nagy and Biskell. Cleveland baseball. Kenny, Denny, Albert Bell. Franco, Jack, and Manny riding high. Alomar and Mesa are the guys. Talking baseball. Baseball and the tribe. I'm talking baseball, baseball and the tribe. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Now, this is winter, right? The weekend weather we're getting this winter. We haven't had much of that during uh, the off season here for the tribe. It was a very mild fall and really didn't have much um, snow activity throughout the winter season, but... We're starting to catch up a little bit, and hopefully it blows through and gets on out of here before the early opener for the Tribe as they open at home this season in late March. March the 26th, the Tigers will be here to take on the Tribe and open the 2020 campaign. A lot of home games at the end of March and on into April for the Indians, and really their road games are in the northern uh, portions of the country too with some visits to Minnesota and Chicago to play the White Sox in addition to the Tigers so not a whole lot of uh, warm weather destinations early on for the Indians in fact they don't play a, a potential warm series until a series with Tampa Bay in St. Pete indoors at the end of April so it'll be interesting to see uh, just how they navigate through the schedule and one of the players hoping to be a part of it from the outset um, he'll have to get used to that cold weather. He did last year, uh, certainly with the Indians for a good portion of the season. California native Jake Bowers, who went back home to the Huntington Beach area in the offseason to spend most of his offseason trying to get that swing together and, and make an impact next season. He did play 117 games for the Indians a season ago, but hit just 226, 12 home runs, 43 runs driven in, showed flashes of being... Uh, a really top-shelf major league hitter, which would kind of typify his draft status. He was a seventh-round pick of the Padres back in 2013 out of high school and at times has put up very strong numbers in the minor leagues, both in the Padres system and the Tampa Bay Rays system, before hitting the major leagues for the first time in 2018 with Tampa Bay and then last season with the Indians. And you may recall, Bowers hit for the cycle in a game at Detroit last season. So the potential certainly there for him to put up some real strong offensive numbers. But consistency, as you see a lot with a young player, and Bowers is still just 24 years of age, that can be a challenge for anyone. So he took some steps in the offseason to try and sharpen things up and be ready to go. And when we caught up with Jake Bowers during TriFest weekend, we talked to him about that offseason spent mainly in Southern California, but also a little bit of time here in Cleveland and at the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona, attending the Indian Swing Camps, which have been a benefit to so many young hitters, most notably Oscar Mercado. He credits it with really turning his career and making him an outstanding major league hitter in his rookie season. Bowers took advantage of those swing camps this offseason, and we asked him, if he thinks it will make a big difference in his game come this season. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, what I got out of it mainly, I think, is uh, information. You know, they talked a lot about, um, you know, the way the swing works, the sequencing behind things. And so just having that understanding and, uh, you know, knowing what the feel is supposed to be as opposed to trying to find what's going to work any given day. Um, 
having kind of a base to go to when you are searching. So um, I think for me, that's the main thing I got out of it, and uh, I'm excited to put it all to use. And were you able to, is that something you can take home with you to to your off-season workouts and, and work on there? And, and if so, how do they ensure that, that you're doing what you learned here on a regular basis? Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of it, too, had to do with um, – you know, mobility and things like that. So a lot of it is uh, stretching, maybe doing exercises to be able to get you to put your body in the right spot. And um, other than that, it's mostly drill work and, uh, you know, a lot of video being sent back and forth, drills taken here, going and doing them at home, uh, sending them videos, you know, getting feedback here and there. So, no, it's been good. And how's that work? Is that something where they, they mention that to you or, or did you say, hey, you know, I heard about this. I'd love to come in. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so they actually had me come out, and then, um, you know, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and then uh, wanted to get back, so that's why we did the second one in Arizona in January. And, um, you know, like I said, videos go, keep going back and forth, you know, probably once a week. So um, just good to get that feedback and, and good to be on the same page. Jake Bowers joining us. And, uh, Jake, you look back at last season, some high points for sure, but some struggle points too. And, and when it was all said and done, what was your takeaway from the year in terms of how you looked at it and, and what you'd like to get to eventually? Yeah, a lot of learning, a lot of learning, a lot of growth. And, um, you know, it's not always easy. Sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes it can be stressful. Um, but the main thing I think that, you know, I'm taking away from all this is you just got to have fun, man. It's all about having fun. Uh, if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying what you do, then then what's the point? So um, for me this year, I think that's my main goal. And then kind of letting everything else become secondary because I think when you take care of that, um, everything kind of takes care of itself. And how do you get back to that? Because I'm sure at different points in time, you've, you've had a lot of fun in this game, and other times this game can challenge you. So how do you get back to that heading into spring training? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more fun than winning. Um, so I think you shift the focus from, okay, I gotta, I gotta hit 280. I gotta do this. I don't wanna, I don't wanna do this, and and kind of shift that to, okay, what can I do right now to help win this game? Because like I said, uh, nothing is more fun than winning. So. Um, if I can just consistently contribute to wins night in and night out, that's that's the only real goal I have. We've seen you play first base. We've seen you play the outfield. Uh, more opportunities maybe in the outfield heading into spring training, and if so, is that the focus for you? That's definitely the focus. Um, I feel like first base is probably something that's always going to be there for me. Um, I pick it up pretty naturally. So um, the focus is definitely going to be in the outfield. With the training that I did this offseason, I feel like I put myself in a better spot than I had previously in terms of um, mobility, speed, footwork, quick first step, things like that. So I haven't been able to obviously get on the field and play and see how it's all going to translate. So I'm excited for spring training to uh, see where we're at. And you mentioned winning. Um, What do you like about this club heading into the start of spring training? What looks good? I think we're going to be young and I think we're going to be hungry. Um, I like playing on young teams. I really like it. Yeah, there's something about having a bunch of guys who are on rookie contracts just, uh, you know, trying to grind their way to, you know, whether it's arbitration or free agency. But there's something about having that collective unit and um, having that young kind of stable core and, and, you know, not listening to the outside noise at that point. You know, because I think the younger you are, maybe the more ignorant you are to all that or maybe you just don't care. But um, it's fun. It's fun to be around. All right. You look at growth and maturity. You became a homeowner in the off season for the first time. That'll grow you up in a hurry, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll grow you up in a hurry. It'll teach some work ethic. You know, there's some. There's always something to do. 
Um, you find yourself doing things that you never thought you had to do before. Uh, YouTube is a very valuable resource. Google. So uh, spend a lot of time on the Internet and a lot of time in the toolbox. Jake, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's Jake Bowers, Indians outfielder. And, again, as you heard him say during the course of that interview, he expects a lot of his time to take place in the outfield defensively. He's a very good first baseman, but with Carlos Santana in the fold playing first base just about every day, not much opportunity for Jake Bowers to play there. So he took some steps to try and become a better outfielder and make that a part of his game and bid to make this ball club out of spring training. Stay tuned, and when we come back, it'll be our final segment of this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We'll be joined by Nick Whitgren, Indians reliever. Should be a key part of the pen for the Tribe, and uh, we'll visit with him after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you, our final segment for this week's show as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And as we mentioned at the top, uh, just one more show next week. We'll do it from here. And then it's off to Goodyear, Arizona, and Tribe Spring Training. Uh, the following weekend, we'll have a busy weekend of baseball on the radio. Not only Tribe Talk on the 22nd of the month, but that will also be the day of our first broadcast of spring training, the exhibition opener between the Indians and the Cincinnati Reds at the ballpark that they share in Goodyear, Arizona. That, by the way, will be a home game for the Tribe uh, in their ballpark with the Reds, but it uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll get rolling with for the first of 15 broadcasts on the Indians radio network. That's Saturday, February the 22nd with a first pitch time of 3.05. Well, a part of the Indians bullpen last year, a key part, was right-hander Nick Whitgren, and he'll be a part of it again this season. Really had a solid year in his first almost full season in the major leagues. You may recall, and it seems hard to remember just because he appeared in 55 games with the Tribe and uh, at one point in time was uh, really that setup guy in the eighth inning. But uh, Whitgren did start the year at AAA Columbus, appeared in two games with the Clippers, but was brought up quickly, ended up pitching in 55 games with the Indians, five and won the record, an earned run average of 2.81, four saves when they needed someone to, to fill in for Brad Hand and uh, more than a strikeout per inning. And at the age of, of 28, he'll turn 29 in May of this year. It really was that breakthrough year for him. Now, he had seen some time in the major leagues with the Marlins uh, from 2016 through last season, but uh, usually also spent some time in the minor leagues, too, so it was hard for him to settle in. And uh, we talked to him a little bit about that through the course of the interview, that that meaning of, of having uh, some confidence where he actually had a role in the major leagues. More on that in a minute, but but first, how about the offseason? At, at 28, pitching pro ball since 2012, and Nick Whitgren knows what he needs to do to get ready for a new season. Uh, I basically have a routine. It's been working for me, and uh, just trying to stick with that and enjoy the family time, you know, during the offseason. All right, you mentioned that, and uh, you, have, you have a little guy who started walking, oh, or, or maybe you can rephrase, rephrase that. Uh, how's that going, and are you able to keep up? Oh, it's going well. Uh, I'm trying to keep up, <laughs> my wife and I both. But, yeah, he's he's running around everywhere and uh, just going crazy. But it's awesome. It's a blessing, and it's amazing. So if, as far as how that changes your off season compared to what it was before that, 
Um, how different is it for you now, that, you know, with that equation in your life, and, and what do you think it's brought to you? Uh, I mean, it just it just switched some things up in the sense of, you know, routines where him napping and stuff and being able to lift at certain times, but you make it work, you know. Uh, if you can't get it in the morning because Jackson's, you know, up and being a little crazy or something, then, you know, Ash needs help, then help out and then can work out later on in the day. But uh, it's awesome. When you look back at uh, at last season, obviously you had some good major league time in the past, but this was nice and consistent. You had you had a role there for you know a good portion of the season. Um, How did you look at it when it was all said and done? It, it was good. Uh, it was really nice just to have a role and kind of know exactly when I was coming in the game. Know when Tito was you know trusting me and stuff. Uh, it was just nice being on a team that, you know, you're out here every day competing and winning and you're in the hunt until literally the very end. Last, you know, we were in the hunt until game 160, 161. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we make it a little bit further this year. And yeah, you mentioned that, and uh, there'll be some different guys out in that bullpen, but, but just from what you've seen, and, and I know obviously it's spring training hasn't even started yet, but... Uh, what do you think about what, what potentially could be out there this season? It's going to be fun. I'll tell you that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just watching, you know, some of the young guys come up and throw in September and then uh, seeing uh, some of Emmanuel's, you know, video and stuff. I, I don't know about you. I don't know how many people you know that throw 100-mile-an-hour cutters. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's going to be a blast, you know, just kind of have fun with it. Nick, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. That's Nick Whitgren, should be part of a what could be a very good Indians bullpen, um, despite the fact that they really didn't have that flamethrower out of the pen a year ago. And uh, for the most part, in fact, statistically it's backed up. They had the, the lowest average fastball velocity of any bullpen in the major leagues. But the bottom line is the Indians pen, ERA-wise, was third best in the major leagues. So they got the job done for the most part. And uh, certainly with Nick Whitgren, a big part of that last year. He should be again. And we heard from James Karinchak earlier in the show, and uh, he figures to be a big part of it if, if things go as he hopes. And uh, some others, too. Emmanuel Class A will help. Brad Hand is back after a 34-save season a year ago. And uh, as we know with Terry Francona, he loves to use that bullpen and has been a master at getting the most out of his pen, regardless of who's down there in uh, his seven years on the job at the Indians. And uh, I can't imagine 2020 will be any different. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much to all the guys who stopped by and, and had a chance to visit with us during Tribe Fest weekend. We hope you can join us again next week when we'll be with you right here at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Until then, thanks as always to Brian Matze, our engineer back at our network studios. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.